this started hello everybody hello hello welcome welcome glad you are here i am dan your friendly fishmonger from dansfish.com and i'm glad to be hanging out with you guys we do this every wednesday night at 7 p.m mountain time and today is a really special live stream for me i've uh, got a big project that i'm gonna be telling you about and I'm going to be trying to raise some funding for, uh, for my business, for dancefish.com. So that's going to be the focus today. At the end, we'll do a giveaway, um, some Epistogramma McMasteri, and I think I might actually be able to get you a pair. There's a definite male in there, and there's a female in there for sure, a couple of them actually, as long as I can catch them. <laughs> <laughs> Once I put the net in, they might color down and disappear. But I'm going to try my best to get you a pair of Epistogram and McMasteri. That's the giveaway for today. I'm going to wait just a moment for people to pile in before I give you my pitch. Uh, but what I'm going to do today is I'm going to pitch my business, Dan's Fish, to you as if you were sharks in the show Shark Tank and I was someone coming on to ask for an investment in my company. So there's several tiers at a certain level of investment. Uh, you actually own a piece of the company, shares, as it were, in the company. At lower levels, um, you don't own shares in the company, but uh, you do get perks. There are You'll get discounts and, and things like that. So I'll explain all of that in just a moment. Uh, waiting for some more folks to come in, though, just because uh, I don't want to do the whole pitch before we get people here. So I think what I'll do right before I pitch here is talk about the giveaway just so everyone gets that information and the mods have it to share. So the giveaway again is for some Epistogramma McMasteri, amazing little fish. And here is the giveaway. So to enter the hashtag grow Dan's fish, no apostrophe, no possessive, just grow Dan's fish um, will get you entered if you feel so inclined, if you'd like to enter and win uh, hopefully a pair of McMasteri. So that is what we're doing today for the giveaway. Um, hopefully it'll be fun. All right. So you have 82 watching. I think that that is probably enough to start this thing. Oh, let me make sure I see some people putting the hashtag. Let me make sure it works in the when you do that in comments, it doesn't automatically put a space between grow and dance fish. 12, 13. Okay, it looks like people are being able to enter 17. Okay, yeah, it's catching up. It's catching up. I believe we are good. Awesome. Okay, so we have 86 watching. That's enough for me to get going. So let's pretend I just walked into the shark tank. You're the sharks, and here we go. Well, hello, I'm Dan from Dan's Fish, and today I want to offer you 30% um, of my company for a grand total of $600,000. Now, no one person has to put all 600,000 in, but that's the equity split that we're looking for for Dan's fish. So I'm a fish nerd, a fish geek. I love fish. I have forever. Um, it's the thing that kept me sane during all my past careers. I would come home from work at the end of a long day, sit down in front of the aquarium. My blood pressure would drop. I would get back in tune with life and be able to uh, be a decent father and husband after a small period of relaxing, just de-stressing from all the work, right? 
So I think they really help folks. And to me, they also connect me with nature. That is something I've been passionate about for a long time. So it always bothers me when my friends come over, see my fish tanks, and, and here's the narrative I almost always hear. Yeah, I had, a, I had an aquarium once, but all the fish died. Like that is the typical narrative I hear. So at Dance Fish, what we are trying to do is change the narrative in the aquarium hobby. Um, let me get this bigger here for you. There you go. Um, in the narrative we're trying to change is the one that I just told you about. We need a reliable source of healthy tropical fish so that we don't hear in response to people that come to our homes. Oh yeah, I used to have an aquarium, but all the fish died, right? Why do they die? Well, a lot of it has to do with the supply chain. The industry hasn't really been updated since the 1970s. We're still working on that supply chain. We're still working under the ethics of treatment of animals from the 1970s. Things have not caught up. So when a fish comes to the United States, it goes through six or seven folks. That's the supply chain. It's long, it's complex, and um, the fish honestly don't do well when they get to the end of it. At each step of this supply chain, the fish are subject to different water conditions, they're handled, they're moved around, each step stresses them out. So what happens is by the time they get to the end consumer, they're very stressed and the end consumer buys this fish, doesn't know that the fish's immune system is compromised, that the fish is uh, succumbing to a disease, all these problems takes it home and the fish does not do well, it dies. So that's one of the biggest issues of why we hear that negative narrative surrounding the aquarium hobby so frequently. So what I'm doing is trying to change that. One way I'm trying to change that is by changing the supply chain. So right now, this is what I'm doing. I'm cutting out two to three middlemen on the United States side of the supply chain, because almost all fish are sourced from Southeast Asia or South America. There's, there are some fish that are bred in the United States and Florida, but much less than you think. And a lot of the farms in Florida are not raising fish anymore, or they're raising a lot fewer fish. What they're doing is importing from Southeast Asia and other places and uh, growing and reselling. Some still farm but not nearly as many, not as many species as they used to. So that supply chain uh, shortening really helps because by buying in bulk directly as an importer or directly from an importer, I cut out a lot of middlemen and save a lot of money. And with that savings, I can afford to take the time to medicate the fish, acclimate the fish, get them used to aquarium life, get them used to aquarium foods, and make sure that they're the type of fish that when it's sold to a customer, the customer can get the fish, put it in their tank and have a high probability of being successful. So to test this hypothesis that this was a problem that I could solve, I built this facility behind me. It can take about, can handle about 50 species offered on average with a few other species going through quarantine and not offered for sale during the same time. So at any given time, I have about 50 species offered for sale. And I launched kind of officially in September of 2018. And over the past year, I've been seeing how things go. I've been trying different procedures. I've been collecting data on if I do this, does it make a difference? 
So that's what I spent the last year doing. I have a year of data now that I can share with you to show why this has been successful. So here's what's happened since then. Okay, the results of this, of building this procedure, cutting out the supply chain, um, taking care of the fish and getting them ready before they're sold and shipping them in a responsible way, is that we've grown 15% on average throughout the year. Over 99% of the fish arrive alive and stay alive. So when I talk to customers later, they're still alive. This does not mean that there aren't some losses. There are some. And if you've experienced that, I know there's people in this chat that have experienced losses on fish that they've received from me. And I feel horrible that happened. But 99 plus percent is pretty darn good. I don't know anyone that comes even close to that. And when a customer does have a problem, we're very uh, quick to resolve the problem. The result of that is that 56% of our orders are reorders. It's actually a little higher than that now, but when I pulled all those numbers and crunched it, um, it's been a, a few weeks since I've done that. We were at 56%, that's growing. And because of the high quality fish and, that people are experiencing, they're telling their friends, word is spreading. Uh, we have a company that has high trust and a good reputation. So how do we reach our customers? 56% of them reorder. Um, how do we get them to order in the first place? And our strategy is to build a community. Everyone here in this chat knows this, but I'm probably gonna invite investors that aren't members of the fish fam and don't generally join live streams to watch the replay to get more information. So for them, the way I've done this is to build a community. So for a couple years now, um, I've been doing regular videos, sharing information on how to keep fish, how to breed fish, um, how to ship fish, how to build a fish room, all these things to help folks that like fish out. In addition, we do these weekly live streams where customers can reach out directly and ask questions, uh, see what's going on in this, in the store. I kind of update you guys on what's coming in, how things are doing, all that. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to add value and create a community and A, because I just enjoy doing that, but B, because then that community knows us, knows our methods and all that and might be more comfortable purchasing from us. What we don't do is interrupt people with ads. So we don't try to throw money at ads to get in front of people, um, especially as a startup. So our customer acquisition cost is very low. Because we do this, we have high transparency. You guys see what's going on here. You know if there's a problem. You know if a fish is doing well or not. Uh, if something has a problem, I, I tell you, hey, you know, I took these off the website because something happened. Um, so the transparency, I think, is about as high as it could possibly be. There's really only two things that I think I would never share with the general public. One is who my suppliers are, because that's a big part of my competitive advantage. Although I have helped some people that were struggling, you know, uh, get introduced to some suppliers and things. But generally, I don't share that ever publicly or um, what the markup is because those are just two things that I, I, I'm reluctant to share, but almost everything else is transparent. Um, we have a lot of reviews. All of them are positive except for one, which is neutral. It's on Aquabid. And it, even though it's neutral, it says like nice transaction or something. So 
whatever. <laughs> and the community um, is an ambassador for us. If you watch YouTube, you'll see people that talk about Dan's Fish that have had good experiences or that we've helped or whatever, and they help share the word. So I share the information and I try to be a good community member and the members of the community then support me by sharing what's going on here. And it's a very good way to spread the word. It uh, is much more effective and cost effective and sticky. So people that get to know you that way as a company hang around a lot more than if you just throw an ad in their face, right? So that's how we market. We build community. We don't throw ads at people. So what has been the result of this, of cutting down the supply chain, of coming up with a way to prepare fish for shipping and ship them so that people are generally successful with them over 99% of the time and of building a community instead of trying to throw ads in people's faces. Well, here's what's happened. First of all, my customer acquisition cost is zero. I don't pay to advertise, so that's nice. The lifetime value of a typical customer is about $250 and that's growing every day. But from the data we have from for a year so far, it's 250. But as we go longer, people reorder more and the lifetime value of that customer grows. Our average order is $109 and our net profit margin. So that's net, not gross. What we actually make on that above and beyond expenses is 40%. So what we need in order to grow this business, we've tested it. We know the concept. We know the profit margins. We know how much it costs to acquire customers. We know how many come back. We know what they're worth over the course of their lifetime with us as a customer at least the bottom level, that'll only grow if we continue to do a good job. So we wanna grow this thing. And the mission is this, we're growing the thing, yes, to make profit because investors need to get profit and I need to feed my family. But we're mission driven. We're growing this because the industry needs to change. Uh, like I said before, we're operating on 1970s values and methods. Um, fish are suffering needlessly. People are getting fish that don't last and they leave the hobby, which hurts the hobby and hurts the industry. The more people we have that come into the hobby and stay, the more robust the hobby and more robust the industry. Um, the more people buying fish, then the more companies are likely to innovate, to make better lights, better filters, better aquariums, better everything, right? The whole structure improves. So, what we're trying to do is scale up to get big enough, A, yes, to make a nice profit, to make a living, but B, to be a force in the industry that can't be ignored, that makes it so everyone else has to up their game as well, or they'll be outcompeted by us. That's the goal, is to improve the industry, to change that narrative from, I had an aquarium, but all the fish died, to, I love my aquarium, all right? To do that, we need $600,000 in exchange for 30% of the company so we can build a warehouse so we can expand from the current 50 varieties or species on offer. Well, not species. You have more than one kind of guppy. So varieties of fish we have on offer to 350. And then my first hire is I'm going to find me a Jimmy. <laughs> I'm going to find someone to help improve the videos, to edit the videos, to improve thumbnails, 
at dancefish.com and to uh, generally help the community building effort go quicker and uh, be a little higher quality. Because I do the best I can with the time I have running this whole thing, fundraising, you know, trying still to get good pictures and make videos and all that. But if I had some help, we could crank that up and have a real impact. So that's the plan for what we'll spend the money on. Um, let me get to the last one here. So why me? Why, why should you trust that I can do this? Well, first of all, I've been doing it in a very public way for a while. And if people had negative experiences or um, things or I didn't treat them well or something, you would have heard about it because it's all out in the open. So transparency. But the other thing is I've been doing this my whole life. I know this stuff. I've worked at a lot of different levels of the industry, just as a hobbyist that kept and loved fish to a hobbyist who bred fish and sold some for profit to buy fish food and stuff to working as a grunt in a local fish store to running the fish department in a local fish store to working for a company that sold wholesale to working for one of the largest online distributors of aquarium fish uh, in the nation. So I kind of know the industry. And the main thing, though, I think that separates me is just this vision that it's time to improve things in this real drive to do it, to ship healthy fish to people so they get there in a healthy way so people are um, successful. Now, I want to just show you a couple other numbers real quick before I close. This is the business plan. And this is going to tell you a little more. So you're going to know how much I make here. So for this span, January through August, um, I cut out on this one. I didn't keep the first couple months because we had just started. And when you just start, growth is extremely high and it's not quite fair to bring that in. So January through August expenses, about $3,800 income a little over $6,000 for a net of about $2,500 in a profit margin of 40%. These numbers we've already talked about. And then projected financials. Now this is only if we continue to grow at 15%. So what I did on these numbers is I took what I'm actually making now and I created a spreadsheet of all the expenses that we'll have with the expansion. And I just extrapolated it out over time at 15% growth. That's what this chart indicates. So it can be a big business. I've already worked at a company where I helped grow their business up to around a million dollars a year in recurring revenue. And they only focused on one family of fish. They didn't do a lot. They, they really focused on one group of fish. Uh, it's not a massive company. And we were able to do that with good customer care. And uh, actually, mainly that good customer care. So um, I am confident that I can grow this up to above that to a real profitable, profitable business. And this is kind of the numbers over time. They'll ebb and flow a bit. The main purpose of this chart is not to say at this date, we'll make this much money. The main purpose of this chart is to show what growth does to the company with income expenses, profits, things like that. Okay. 
So that's what the com- where the company's at. That's been the journey. Those are some of the numbers. So I'm going to get to questions and comments in a minute, and I'm going to focus on questions and comments that have to do with this, have to do with the business, um, questions about Dan's Fish, how it's run, any of the numbers you want to know that I'm okay with sharing publicly, which is a lot. Um, but before we do that, I want to show you what we're doing. So we're raising funds here on GoFundMe. And there's a link being posted down there in the chat. So basically a little description, which you guys know, but then here's what happens. If you donate uh, tonight, if you, or not tonight, from here on until the drive's done, the it's called a round is done. Um, donations of $10,000 or more will be considered investments. Okay, there's, and you'll get a piece of Dan's Fish. You'll become an owner, at least of a percentage of Dan's Fish at that value. If you're interested in that, then send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. I'll send you the business plan. Um, I have a lawyer drawing up uh, some operating procedures and all these things so you can have, be fully informed um, about that. But not everyone has 10 grand that they want to give, right? Or can give. So there's other levels too. So anything under 10 grand, if you come in from a dollar to 20 bucks, it's a big thank you. Really, I appreciate the support. If you come in from 20 to 49, then up to the amount of your donation, you'll get 5% off. So if you gave $20 and you go and you purchase $20 of fish at dancefish.com, then you'll get 5% off your total order, okay? 50 to 99, same thing, but then you get 10% off and so forth. 100 to 499, 15% off. Larger amount, 20% off. Larger amount, 25% off. And more than, larger than that, 30. And then more than that, you just become an owner in the company. You get shares in the company, okay? So that's, that's the plan. And so if you donate $100, then you get, um, then you only pay 95 for $100 worth of fish. Actually, what's the $100 level? Sorry, it's 15%. So if you donate $100 and you go to Dan's Fish and purchase $100 worth of fish, you'll only be charged $85. So I'm trying to provide some value to you. I don't ever like just asking for money um, without returning something. So that's the GoFundMe. There's links in the chat for that. So with that, that's the pitch. And I'm going to start scrolling through, oh man, here to um, get to your questions and comments. And I'm going to skip any for now that don't have to do with live, with, I'm sorry, with uh, the business, questions about the business. Now, I do want to say that I, I want to thank some people publicly. I'm not going to say their names yet. I'm not going to reveal who they are yet because until the check's actually cleared and everything's been signed and every investment is secured by contracts and things, I, I don't want to say who has invested. If they want to share, that's fine, but, but I'm not going to share that. And I'm not going to discourage you from sharing that. If you've invested and you want to let people know or you've committed, uh, feel free. 
Um, but I'm just not going to do that to you until checks have cleared, uh, con- everyone's signed and, and everything's done. And I've got your permission as well. I'm not just going to say, hey, so-and-so invested. You might want to remain anonymous. Some people do. But um, we have raised 145000 so far, which is fantastic. So um, after the live stream last week when I announced that I told people, hey, please come this week because I'm going to do this thing uh, where I'm going to pitch my company and, and ask for help with investment, people started reaching out to me. And between then and now, I got firm commitments for $145,000. Checks are already in the mail. Things are moving. So I want to thank everyone that's done that. That's a good chunk out of the, the money we have to raise. And um, yeah, just thank you so much. So just for those that know, um, things are moving already, which is fantastic. Okay. Live chat, live chat. Great. Okay, scrolling here, looking for specifically stuff about the business. Yeah, for the contest tonight, it's a Pistogramma McMaster. If you want to win, um, hashtag grow. I'm sorry. It's not, yeah, hashtag grow Dan's fish. No apostrophes, no possessives. All right. Ty Hunsucker, $10. Dan does it right. Love the fish. They'll love you back. Ty, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the super chat. I, I greatly appreciate it. Okay. All right. Scrolling here. Brian will come back for the replay. Awesome, Brian. That's fine. Okay. Mr. Beast Fishing Things, sells great fish, nice guy, not so great with hairstyles. <laughs> this is the greatest hairstyle ever. My dad used to say, God only made a few perfect heads, the rest he had to cover with hair. <laughs> God covered his heirs with hair. <laughs> All right. So still scrolling, looking for specifically for the business things. Michael Brando, looking forward to a successful launch at Dance Fish. Can you address weather, heating costs, et cetera, and shipping away from major population challenges for your location? So yes, let me talk about those. So weather and shipping. Okay. So I can show you exactly what that looks like. So this is the spreadsheet from which I extrapolated all my figures. Um, so shipping fish in costs me an average of $127 a month. Shipping out costs me an average of $1224, a little over $1,000. So those are my actual costs for shipping. They're not, shipping fish in is a little bit higher than when I used to live in Los Angeles, just because there was a port right there and I could just drive down to the port of entry and pick the fish right up or drive down to the importer, right? They didn't have to ship them to me. But that being said, I can get over a thousand fish shipped to me from, if I buy from an importer for, I think it's $58 because it's cargo. 
And when I import myself, which I, I, which I plan on doing more as the facility grows, if I use my own import license, which I've done in the past and, and will do more, then the additional cost is negligible because I drive down and pick them up myself. So, um, so there is a little bit more cost, but hardly any. Once you, once you divide that additional cost for bringing fish in over the volume of fish bought, it, it's, it can be less than a penny per fish. And shipping fish out doesn't cost me really any more because I use a lot of priority flat rate. When I do have to ship, um, I, I know I've worked out a deal with UPS that when there's a certain volume reached, I know what the rates will be. And they're, they're a little higher, but not significantly higher than they would be somewhere else. So, yes, there's a small percentage of cost. Here's the advantage, though, to being in Sheridan. I have amazing water and I've, the permitting is already all but done. So there's a lot of natural resources here and there's very little population. So I can use water in my facility without feeling bad about it, right? Without taxing the environment. And the water is perfect. It's clean, it's healthy. I don't have to do a lot to treat it. Um, and it, it comes in already naturally soft and around neutral pH. So the water here, I've thought I should move to Denver to do this because there's a major airport there. Or <clears throat> I should move to like Memphis, Tennessee because there's a major shipping hub and things like that. But I've had so much less water issues here, so many less water issues here than I have in like Los Angeles and other places that the water is the reason I, I think that this is the place to stay. Good question though. Thank you for the question, Michael Brandle. Oh, and the other thing, Michael, is I'll say this, even though there are some additional costs with shipping and things, the, um, the margin is still 40%, which is pretty darn good because of how I bring fish in and all that, even with shipping and those other costs that, that you asked about, the margins are still 40%. The average um, margin for a fish store markup is three times, one third going to inventory, one third going to employees and other costs, and the hope is one third to profit. So general, general pet store models our profit of 33% and we're surpassing that. I mean, there's a reason a lot of pet stores are going out of business and it's because that model does not work in this day and age, but yes. Okay, let me find the next one. Scrolling down, specifically looking for business questions or questions about the business. If people need clarification on something or, or want to know more. Okay. A lot of people entering the contest. <laughs> uh, Chewy LTD, investors in taxes usually affect business as much as profit and loss. Are you tracking loss through shipments out and fish losses on site and other information to show revenue statement? So I track in aggregate. Yes, um, I track. I have a clear idea of percentage of losses when I ship fish out. I know that's over 99% successful. And, 
in aggregate, I track the um, other losses on my end. Yes. Now, as far as taxes go and taxes and things, one other reason I like being in Wyoming is because here there are no taxes on live fish. So the business is not taxed. There is no state tax I have to pay on my sales, which there would be if I sold something else like, I don't know, hardware or something like that. So fish are tax-free in this, in this state. Okay. Skippers Aquariums, I have questions about the business that you want to email. Oh, that's fine. Email me, dan at dancefish.com. If, if someone would rather do this through email, that's fine. And if, if you get serious and we need to chat on the phone, that's fine. Or video calls so I can share numbers with you, you know, something like that, that's fine. Um, so feel free to email if you, if you want. Small Fry Aquatics, sorry for making you repeat this. Are you still going to be retail only or do you intend to wholesale as well? Okay, good question. So at the beginning, it's very important to do one thing well when you're scaling a business up. So I'm going to do retail. I'm going to do direct to consumer sales and that's all. And I'm going to grow that and get it to the point where it's self-sustaining and it's going smoothly. And I have people in place that know what's going on that can handle that without me putting so much focus on it. And then I'll think about possibly doing wholesale. And then I'll think about possibly doing other things. People ask me all the time, what about saltwater? I'll think about that. But right now, it's just a possibility for the future that is not being seriously considered because to consider it, I'd have to dig in. I'd have to do all I'd have to do what I've done up to this point for this business to get the data to know if it really could work, because I'm not going to do something that I don't that doesn't have data behind it showing, oh, this actually looks like it can work. Um, so one thing first. So small fry aquatics, just retail for now. It become the best at that, become uh, have such an impact that other folks in the industry have to match me. Um, so we can get more people in this industry and have people stop leaving because their fish die, things like that. Once I've accomplished that goal, then I'll think about expanding, but it's not even something that occupies my mind right now. I think a lot of businesses get distracted saying, oh, we could make money this way and this way and this way and this way. And then they try to do lots of things and don't do anything well enough to make an impact. So I want to avoid that trap. Skipper's Aquariums at Fish Tropics says, when you invest $100,000, do you, or I'm sorry, um, $10,000. Do you own shares? Yes. How does this owner thing work? Okay. So it's 30% of the company total for $600,000 is, is the breakdown. So um, $10,000 would work out to be uh, half a percent of the company, right? Yeah. Yep. So um, someone that puts in $100,000 owns 5%. That's how that works. Okay, looking for more. So by the way, that, that's, called an, that's called an evaluation. 30% for this much capital. You just divide the amount of capital by the percent being given away and, and you can figure out 
um, what each percent of the company costs. Okay, hang on, chat jumps. Sorry, it does that sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, folks. <laughs> it jumped and then I got lost in it. I think I'm caught. I, I want to make sure I'm not missing anyone. Okay, good. I think I've got it. Um, Annalie, super chat at $10. Thank you, Annalie. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Never required, but always appreciated. And it makes the wife super happy. Helping building your ozone purification system one week at a time. I appreciate that, Annalie. Thanks so much. So for those wondering where I'm at, I just got to Annalie's super chat. There's a couple questions before that that I'm going to get to right now. Electrofry. Um, is the majority of the investment goal the purchase of a warehouse location and infrastructure? Yes. The, the majority of the investment, in fact, I can show you exactly how much goes where. Here it is. The building is just a pole barn that's insulated. So the building itself does not cost a lot. That's the shell on the roof. 62, I'm sorry, yeah, 63,000. The subcontractors, so this is insulation, this is concrete, this is electrical, this is bringing plumbing to the building. I can plumb from the time it's brought to the building. I can run the water out where it needs to go and, and do all that, but just getting the water hooked up to the building, all that stuff, we're talking about 85,000 there. So a total of about 150,000 for the building and the stuff, that makes the building work. The aquarium's 18,000. Um, that's the first quote I got. There's two other companies I need to quote out. I might be able to get them for cheaper. Um, equipment, about 55,000. So total of say 74,000. This is the stuff that goes in the building, the tanks, um, air pumps, uh, stands, all, all that stuff. Live fish, we're around $33. Or I'm sorry, 33,000, I think in, I think in thousand, 33K uh, to uh, stock the initial facility. And that can go up or down a bit. I just selected at random like 300 fish from uh, a current importer and was like, what would that cost? And it's about this much. The land, 300,000 in operations is 45,000. And that includes a little bit extra for things like if the ozone system costs a little more than we think it will, there's, there's just a little bit of play in there, but mostly operations is so that um, I can hire a Jimmy and we can ship fish out and, and, you know, operate. So yeah, electrofry, that's what we're doing with the money. Okay. The vast majority is going to that facility to just growth. The Zen Ginger, do the major investors get free fish, a discount also like 30% or 50% or just ownership benefits, which is also great. Just curious. So the Zen Ginger, um, yes, if you become an owner, you get fished at cost. So whatever the margin is for that month, right now it's 40%. Say it goes up to 45%, then you get 45% off. If the margin drops to 30% because, uh, I don't know, we're we got a big piece of equipment or something and we made less that month than that month, you would get 30% off. But it's just for you personally. Um, it's, there's a fine line between in, investors getting perks because they're owners in the company and investors draining a company, right? So it's only for personal use. 
I mean, if you have a little nephew that has a tank, and you want to buy him a birthday present. Great. But you know what I mean? It's, it's just for personal use. Yes, I consider the investors partners in the company. They own part of the company and um, they, uh, yeah, get a discount. All right. Now, but again, just for personal use, if that goes overboard, then the investor drains the company and that does, you know, that's something a smart investor would never do because they're invested in the company. Yeah. Alien World, hello. Okay, just under Annalise's question. Oh, and it jumped on me. Jeez Louise, there we go. I got back quick though. Uh, 2ELTD, from the aspect of a foreign investor, income or dividends from a foreign marketplace, will foreign investor be given their share quotes and all tax form information that you put in? So I'm open to foreign investment. Um, which I think is the crux of your question. And they'll be, if the, if they own 10% of the company and over a quarter of the company makes a hundred thousand dollars of, of net profit, then that shareholder will be given, even if they're in a different country, will be given a dividend. Actually it's called a distribution because it's not an IPO, but anyway, uh, be paid $10,000. So 10% stake is what they own in the profit of the company. So I wouldn't treat a foreign investor any different than a local investor um, as far as what they were paid. Now, it would be up to the foreign investor to understand the tax implications in their country and all that. That's stuff that I have no expertise on. Um, but um, I'm confident that my lawyer uh, could figure out a contract that could work for foreign investment without any trouble. Yeah. Jeff Chambers, is the investment in Dan's Fish only not get gills as well or both? This investment is just in Dan's Fish. Um, just so you know, get gills, uh, Jonathan and I have not taken a dime out of there. We have not written ourselves a check. We haven't paid ourselves nothing. Um, Get Gills works on a very slim margin. The, the entire purpose of Get Gills really is to have a place for us to sell fish. And the real, one of the real reasons, um, yes, we hope it grows and makes more money, but Dan's Fish is really making all the money right now. The reason I wanted to sell on Get Gills is because there's a network effect that takes place when you sell on a platform like that, where what you sell helps the other sellers on the platform and what they sell helps you because in aggregate, you're stronger. You can attract more people. You can uh, do more things. So that network effect was something that was really important to me, especially at the start of a company. Um, you'll find if you create your own website to sell fish on and you're all alone, it's really difficult to drive enough traffic there. It's it becomes organic when you're on a site like GetGills. Um, so GetGills is is kind of the secret, uh, the network effect there is one of the secret sauces that helps Dan's fish be successful and grow. But um, yeah, but it's just for Dan's fish. Dolly Vigil came a little late, but are you giving 30% of your bus business 
for 600,000 for all investors. So that's the total amount that we're raising in this round. And in return for the 600,000, uh, we're giving away 30% of the company, of ownership in the company. Well, I mean, now we're only raising like uh, 500,000 left because we've had money come in. But um, what that means is that's the valuation. So um, in this round, we're raising a total of 600,000. And in this round, we're giving away a total of 30% of the company. So if you give, um, if you were to invest, um, say a hundred thousand, you would end up with 5% of the company because it's a total of 600,000, five times six is the 30%. Okay. Rockford Fishkeeping, with the extra types in the new building, will you be bringing in only common fish or will you be de dealing in rare fish also? Um, a, a mix of both. It's important to have both because we want to cater to the advanced hobbyist, yes, who wants rare fish. Absolutely. But that's a fairly small niche market. We also want to cater to the beginner, to the average person who isn't a diehard hobbyist, in, which is the majority of the market and just has an aquarium or two in their living room or their office or whatever for re relaxation, but isn't necessarily hardcore. So we need to have a variety. Well, even seasoned hobbyists occasionally like to get a, a simple platy, right? Things like that. So it'll definitely be a mix. And I think you can see that mix reflected in what Dan's Fish currently offers. There's often some rare, hard to get stuff and there's guppies as well. So yeah, it'll be the, the same kind of thing we have now, several of both. 44 mad guy one. How many shares will you get if you give $10,000? Yep. Okay. We've covered that. I think. All right. So 5% for hundred thousand. Dolly Vigil. I like what you're doing and respect it, but as an investor, seems to me like sharing profits with a bunch of people seems like too much of a hassle. And for that reason, I'm out. All right, Mr. Wonderful. He's out. Well, Dolly Vigil, you wouldn't have to share with a bunch of people if you put in the 500,000 that's remaining, just so you know. <laughs> if you put that in, then there wouldn't be as many people on the, call it a cap table, suppose. All right. So basically, you get as much ownership in the company correlated with as much capital as is as put in. So... Yep. Matthew Phil, last week you were talking about building a small expansion of your current property with the larger new facility built later. Will you use the first expansion after the building is built? So, um, so that smaller expansion is basically funded already. That's pretty much closed out. And yes, that's going up in all the aquariums that are going in there, the stands that are going in there, the furnace that's going in there, the, the um, HRV that's going in there, uh, pretty much everything that's going in there will be moved to the new facility when the new facility is, uh, is completed. So it's not like we build that and then it's all wasted when we go to the next facility. The only thing we really can't take out of there when we move to the larger facility 
is uh, like the insulation. Pretty much everything else goes. And the insulation is um, around $3,000. So there's around $3,000 that we can't take with us, but pretty much everything else can. Okay. Uh, Kaylee's Aquatics, can you tell us again how much to super chat or donate for a fish discount? Yeah, so that's all right here. If you go to the GoFundMe, right? Uh, take a look at that, scroll down, and it, it'll tell you exactly here um, what the levels are and how much of a discount you get off of how much. So the discount is equivalent to how much you give. Okay. So if you donate $100 here on the uh, GoFundMe, then you will get 15% off of $100 worth of fish. So you'll get $100 worth of fish for $85. All right, let's switch back. Tasty Fish Sauce, I wish your business do well and I like your plan on changing the narrative. I wish you'll be the first to be able to sell the Asian arowana. Oh man, I wish those were legal. At one time it made sense for them to be illegal, I think because they were being collected from the wild and they were endangered, but now they're all captive bred. So it doesn't make any sense for me. Yep. All right. Michael Brandel, what do you consider the major threats for this distribution model? Um, I think, yeah, what's kind of the defensibility of that? You know, I think that there are other companies that if they decided to take the time and had the expertise to get fish healthy before they sold them to ship them well and 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 if they were able to gain a reputation for that quickly then that could definitely be a competitor um that would be a worthy adversary so I guess it's someone else doing what I'm doing in such a way that they can scale it and that their reputation uh, becomes, it reaches a critical mass really quickly. If they can do that, that would be something that would be a threat. Yeah. A threat. I mean, yeah, I guess business is war technically. So that's the best answer I can think of off, off the top of my head there. Um, I, I guess another thing would be if for some reason uh, suddenly UPS or USPS or FedEx was like, okay, we no longer ship fish. I mean, that would be a problem for sure. Eric Fab, what time will we raffle the epistogramma? So we'll do the giveaway for the epistogramma um, at the end of the stream, and that's probably going to be around 8.30. Yeah. 
<laughs> Joe Coffee, Lori offers 600000 for 51%. She wants to close Gig Gills and sell exclusively on QVC. <laughs> and Mr. Wonderful wants to do a licensing deal. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Kids Aquatics, Sherry Berry's Aquaria got confused on Get Gills at the part where it asked for the tax ID number. I'm not an official licensed business, so I don't know how to answer. Social security number, yes. If you don't own an EIN, if you don't own a, a business tax ID, then use your social security. Yep, that'll work just fine. Two ELTD, um, especially for a state where dancefish is, but is just as stupid. Why Chana species from India? Yeah, there's certain species that would not thrive like up in Canada where you are and they're still illegal. Yeah, I understand. It's always frustrating. Michael Brandle, since you hold the majority of the knowledge expertise, what is the contingency plan if something were to happen to you? That's a good question. I, um, I spoke with my attorney about that today, and he said that uh, we're going to actually take out a life insurance policy on the company. What that means is anyone that's crucial, that if they died or something happened and um, or pulled out unexpectedly or something, that then any of those key people could be insured, basically, um, for life insurance. So if I were to die, then there would be a life insurance policy to cover the lag between my death and the, um, oh, life insurance. So this only covers, I'm sorry, this, this particular insurance I'm talking about only covers death. Um, would cover the lag between when I died and Someone else with the proper expertise, et cetera, could be hired to replace me. It's a good question. Um, and that insurance will be brought on as soon as the new facility is up and running and, uh, and sales are happening and, and we have the money to do that. We, we can't do it at this level because there's some expense to that. But that's how we handle what if Dan died. Yep. Okay. All right. I think, I think we've reached the bottom here. So great. Um, if you have further questions or comments, send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. And I'll, I'll be happy to get that conversation going. Now I'm going to scroll back up and start answering questions that are non-business related. Cause there are a lot of that, that I just skipped over as I went down the chat. So let's do that. All right. Looking for stuff I didn't answer yet. 223 watching. That's awesome. That's amazing. Thanks for being here, everybody. What can you tell me about the giveaway fish? So they're Epistogramma McMasteri. They, um, let me show you them here on Get Gills. I have a picture and a, a video. So here they are. I have, I think I can get you a pair. If not, I'll send you a, a small group. So hopefully they grow out and you can sex them. But here they are. This is an actual picture of the actual fish. They came in misidentified. It took a while, but I've got a confirmation on the ID. Now it appears that they, there is consensus among the experts that they are Epistogramma McMasteri. Here's an actual picture. This is the male that I'm going to attempt to catch and send you. 
Here's a female. I'm going to attempt to catch and send you, but they're, they're good looking little apisto. They're easy to keep. They're eating flake food. They're uh, one of the species that's a good solid fish for a beginner. They are not going to have a problem in hard water as far as living and thriving goes. They might in hard water uh, have a harder time with eggs being viable or something. But yeah, Pistogram and McMaster is what we're going to give away. All right. Hey, I got a super chat here. Let me scroll over to it. It's uh, from Kochav Shavit. $5. Keep it up. Hey, thank you so much, Kochav. I appreciate it. Appreciate it so much. Koshav. I think I'm saying that right. Koshav. If I butchered it, I mean, you got to forgive me. <laughs> I'm just a dude in Wyoming. <laughs> All right. Alien World. Hey, guys, I made it. Yes, of course you did. You know, have no idea how fast I drove home from work to make your stream. Well, I'm glad you made it. <laughs> I hope you were not a danger to yourselves and others, but <laughs> I'm glad you made it. <laughs> Man, I have to say this is different. Usually when I live stream, it's like this relaxing thing. I hang out with you guys. I chat, but I've got a lot on the line this live stream. I'm actually like feeling the pressure a little bit. It's a little, little intense for me. Okay. Actually, I think people kept pretty true to the business stuff because um, I'm pretty far along here. Okay, cool. Well, we might have a, uh, a shorter but more intense live stream today, which would be fine since we're so focused on, on one topic. Um, Eric Fab, what time will we raffle the epistogrammas? Uh, when I answered that before, I thought 8.30, but if we're at the bottom of the chat and the chat is dead, then I'll, I'll do it before that. Sometime between now and 8.30, my time. So next half an hour or so. Sorry, usually I don't scroll like this, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking for stuff I haven't already read. So there's a little downtime between. Sorry about that. I know it makes for bad TV. Fish lover 97, do you sell least killifish? I do not. Um, I do not sell that fish, but let me see if someone on Get Gills does. Yes. So if you go to getgills.com, um, DTM 1256 store is selling them as is Wikivia Aquatics. So you could get some there. Not a fish that I have in stock at this moment. Okay, we're getting back to the bottom here. So maybe there's some new stuff. Um, Chewy LTD, when are you going to do another educational video on killifish? Thanks for the poke, Chewy. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> Patricia, got to go. Could you please remove my name off the raffle? Hey, thanks for uh, letting us know. Yeah, if you uh, if you win, we'll just draw someone else. But thanks for bringing that to our attention so we didn't have to wait. The Zen Ginger, it's the button up that's causing all the stress. Yeah, 
this thing is cutting off my circulation. Yeah, usually I'm pretty casual, but tonight I was like, well, it's kind of businessy. I got to dress up. <laughs> okay. Small Fry Aquatics, here's a non-business question. Been looking up pros and cons of using dehumidifier water. Tons of non-scientific cons. Do you have any direct experience either way? I don't. Um, I thought it would be an awesome idea. Talked to some longtime fish nerds who were like, ooh, that concentrates toxins pretty bad. You shouldn't do that. So I just got scared away and didn't try it. However... I know another guy that runs a big fish facility. He's got a massive dehumidifier and he collects it in a 300 gallon toad or something like that, a big old aquarium. And he uses it just like RO water. So I think it can be done, but I chickened out when I, I got scared off by all the people telling me it was a bad idea. So I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad because I chickened out. <laughs> um, Tasty fish sauce, any news on selling your scuds or is your population low? So my population's uh, back up pretty high right now, but I got a whole bunch of Amazon puffers in. And so the scuds are for them right now. So I, I need all the scuds I have at this time. So I won't be selling them anytime soon. It's going to be quite a while before I can sell them. They're sometimes available on eBay. That's where I got my original starter culture from. So it might be worth checking out eBay. Sorry, uh, Tasty Fish Sauce. Joe Coffee, killifish do best in a lidless tank, right? Absolutely, Joe. If you like fish chips. <laughs> yeah, Joe's, uh, Joe's being facetious there. Killifish jump like crazy. So do wild type bettas. So do lots of fish. So uh, tight lid on those killifish for sure. In fact, that's why I have tight lids on all my tanks, just because Every now and then, like who knew that Pandagara are massive jumpers? I didn't until they jumped on me. Who knew that Swordtails sometimes will just decide, hey, we're all going to jump? I didn't, but they did. So now I just cover everything. The only time I don't have a lid on a tank that's tight fitting is if I have the lid off for a cool water species so I can cool it down with evaporative uh, <laughs> cooling. How many times can you say cool in one sentence? <laughs> Anna Lee, have you had any experience keeping Epistos and Kerbinsas together? Can it be done in a large aquarium? I don't have any experience with that, but I've seen it done successfully. So I know it can be done. Um, I don't suspect it would be too hard if there were plenty of population niches to house everybody happily and it was a larger tank, but I don't have direct experience. Hang on, do I? Not that I remember. Rob Truitt, do you sell any wingless fruit fly cultures? I don't. Um, I raise the amount I need. I looked into it, and just with the shipping and how big of a box they would need, uh, once you insulate and heat pack and all that, it, it wasn't worth it for me to do it because I'd be doing it on a pretty small scale. I'm not Josh's frogs or anything, um, so I don't have any for sale. But if you want some, there's a website called Josh's Frogs. That's excuse me, where I got my original starter cultures from anyway. This time around, one time I got them from like a scientific supply thinking, hey, these will be mite free, they'll last longer. Turned out not to be the case. Josh's frogs, frogs is, Josh's frogs is fruit flies were just as good. So I just went with his because they're a lot cheaper than buying pure strains from like a biological supply store or something. Ginger Graves, 1999. Go!
we'll, we'll stop now because I can go longer. Yeah, it, that just reminds me of Argentina. I used to live in Argentina for a little while. And uh, man, when someone scored a goal, some of those announcers can go for like three minutes, I swear. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ginger Grace, for the super chat. I appreciate you. Um, hope the fishies arrive soon and in good shape. This in ginger fish chips. Ah, yep. When they jump and they dry out on the floor, it's no good. Mega Mindy Lou, I use the water from my AC to water my plants. In the summer, it's pr- practically a running faucet and sad to waste water. They love it. Cool. So you use it on the plants and it works there. Any experience with fish? Hopefully someone here knows about dehumidifier water more than I do and is like, yeah, I tried it and it worked great. Or, oh, I tried it and no, you shouldn't do that. Uh, So we can help small fry aquatics out a little better than I could. Haven't thanked my mods yet. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. Skipper's Aquariums, Kaler's Aquatics, Candy Overhauls, 54 Punchy, and Lumpy Dog. I appreciate you guys uh, more than I can express. Just thank you so much. Okay. All right. Ed Carter, do you ever resolve the shipping issues with Water Sprite? Yes. Yes, I have been successfully shipping Water Sprite um, since about a week after I announced that problem. Sorry, I failed to announce that it was fixed. Yeah, I, I figured it out. So tried a different method, um, mailed it, asked the people that received it. If it went well, they said yes. Tried it again the next week, asked those people if it went well for them. Yes. So a couple weeks in a row, everything went well with the new method. And that was a a few weeks ago. And I've been shipping it ever since and not had any uh, reports that anything was wrong. So Ed Carter, I think it's safe to buy a water sprite from me again. Yes. Ginger Grays, my fish are delayed. Not sure when they will arrive. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm real close to uh, switching to UPS for the wintertime. I'm just working out a, a kind of a final some final things there, but I'm, I'm hopeful that before it gets bitter cold across most of the United States, that I'll have that deal done and be able to get them to people quicker and more reliably, I hope in the winter. Tasty fish sauce. Thank you. Any thoughts on how well do scuds ship in cold weather? Yeah, I've seen it on eBay, but quite nervous to order due to cold weather. Yeah, I hear you. Scuds don't mind the cold at all. So as long as they don't freeze, they're going to be great. They can live under ice They can live up to, well, the highest I've kept them is mid-80s, probably higher than that. So cold weather is fine as long as they don't freeze. I don't think you'll have a problem. There might be some tropical species for which that statement is false. But uh, in general, the scuds I know and love do just fine. Kayla's Aquatics sending me a trophy sticker for 20 bucks. Kayla's Aquatics, thank you so much. Thanks for your support and all you do for me. Um, yeah, appreciate you being here. And uh, everything you do, which, as you know, is a lot. <laughs> Mega Mindy Lou, no, I was curious about the pH. It tested normal 6.8. Cool. Awesome. So no problems with Mega Mindy Lou using aquarium water on, on plants. I don't know if we've heard about fish yet. Nocturnal Aquarius. The platys convicts in my old snapper pond dwell, were thriving, and I use dehumidifier water on a daily basis. Okay, small fry aquatics. Nocturnal aquarist has used dehumidifier water without a problem on platys and convicts 
and maybe a snapper. That's good to know. Thank you. Skippers Aquariums, you're welcome. Happy to help. Thank you. Yeah. Just glad to have you around. Gail, uh, sorry, Greg Gall. I use humidifier. Jeez. Greg Gall, I use humidifier water in the summer to top off tanks. No issues. Cool. Do you have to like circulate it before you use it or anything? Or do you just take it from your humidifier and dump it right in? That's good to know. Yeah, I mean, I believe it. When I saw that, um, John Neiman's was the guy using it. And he's got a, a massive operation. And he was using it. So, Perry Marsh, my fish are delayed as well. Hopefully they'll be okay. Yeah, everyone should arrive tomorrow. So priority, it's like usually Wednesday, sometimes Thursday. So um, I expect everyone to arrive tomorrow. But yeah, there's, there's a reason I'm going to try out UPS if I can get, get a price that works for everybody. It's just the winter time. You know, it's that if they're delayed an extra day, that can be a big issue when it's bitterly cold. Not so much Thursday, but if they went into Friday, that could be a problem. Eric Fab, I personally do not use dehumidifier water, but I know some Killy people who do it all the time. It's great, low TDS and pH. Awesome. Sounds like sounds like dehumidifier water might be okay for you, small fry. So maybe uh, test it out on like one tank and see how that goes. Mega Mindy Lou used it for plants, not fish. Gotcha. Lumpy Dog entering the contest by typing hashtag GrowDanceFish. The Fish Tank Barn, what is the craziest thing that you have seen at an auction? Huh. Craziest. Yeah. Um, what is that Rivulus? I'll never forget that one. What's that really gorgeous? Here it is. These guys are the craziest fish I ever saw at an auction. Way back when, when I had never seen a picture of them, heard of them, or anything. Um, they were in the genus Rivulus at that time. The genus has been changed. And I'm, I'm forgetting the species name. Zophorus uh, starts with, a, with an X. But this fish right here... I'll never forget when I saw that and I thought that is crazy because all the rivulets I knew up to that point were like brown darts, maybe, maybe a little bit of color. But when I saw that guy at the auction, that blew my mind. That was crazy. I'm going with that one. Okay. Did we jump? Jeez. All right. New Mexico aquatics. Can cherry barb fry eat brine shrimp? I do not have fry, but I'm getting ready. Little Bobby. Um, I can't remember if I've ever started them on brine shrimp or not. I think I've always started them on like infusoria or green water or something. So can they? Perhaps, but I don't think I've ever tried it. My suspicion, Little Bobby, is if you start with infusoria and green water, you'll get a much, much, much higher survival rate. So that's what I would suggest if that's possible for you. 44 Mad Guy, what is the biggest fish that you have sold? Just wondering. The biggest fish I've ever sold was a clown knife. That sucker was big. Uh, it wasn't me. It was I was working in a pet store, 
And uh, before I started working there, they had this fish. It's a clown knife. It was big. <laughs> Wanted to actually keep other fish in the tank. So, and they, they couldn't sell it. They couldn't sell it. So I actually listed it online for them. We sold it. I packed it up. I took it to the post office, which was right next to the street, which was awesome. Or right next, right next door across the street. Took it there. They quoted me shipping for like $250. I took it back to the store put it back in the tank, had to contact that person and say, I didn't know shipping a fish this big would cost $250. Do you still want it? They're like, nope. I was like, okay. And as far as I know, that clown knife is still in that tank in that store 10 years later. (laughs) But that's the biggest fish I ever sold. Typically, I've avoided big fish just because small fish are so much easier to ship. And, um, your, the economics of the use of space for small fish and how many dollars you can make per, make per square foot of uh, that you have is generally higher with small fish. So that was the only reason I sold that was to try to help the pet store out that I was working at. It almost worked. <laughs> Mega Mindy Lou, I'm not sure if the water from my AC is the same as a dehumidifier. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's all coming from a condenser. So... Mm-hmm. It's not quite the same thing, but I I guess I would describe a dehumidifier as an air conditioner that's turned around. So instead of the cold air coming out, it's it's the hot air. (laughs) That's not quite right. But yeah, it's all coming from a condenser. So the same, I don't know, but very similar. Someone's asking, Eric's asking something here and it didn't show up uh, highlighted, but I see it. X Eric C. 1001X. Hey, Chat and Dance Fish, is rust particularly catastrophic to a tank? I have an autofill system, and the town put a storm drain on the street that sent some rust through my pipes all day. Um, I, I do know, I'm not sure if all rust is created equal, and I'm not sure if it's the rust itself, because rust is oxidized, so um, I'm not sure how active it is anymore. Once it's oxidized, it might be fairly inert. I don't know that, but it's, it's just a possibility. But I do know that metals that rust, when they fall into a tank, like someone drops a coin into a tank or something metal in a tank and doesn't know, um, or something falls in and their fish all die and they go in later trying to figure out what it is, um, a lot of metals can hurt your fish, especially types that rust. So I don't know if it's the rust itself, or the metal that the rust is derived from that does the damage. Um, And I'm trying to figure out how to prevent a problem. I don't know if carbon would do it or not, but it couldn't. Yeah, maybe someone here knows that better than I. I just don't have, I haven't had to solve that problem myself. So I'm not really sure if carbon would be something you could put in for peace of mind or not. Zifidum. Thank you, Bathyphila. Thank you. Except for now, it's not Rivulus. It's something else. But yeah, 259 watching. Well, thanks for being here, party people. I appreciate you. If you missed the first tart, part, first tart. <laughs> if you missed the first tart, there's another one. No, um, the first part of the live stream, I did a pitch. I, I talked about the company, Dan's Fish. I talked about 
how it's doing financially, um, gave you some specific numbers that are coming from it, which might be interesting, all in the hope that someone might decide to invest and help us get to our $600,000 goal. So far, we've raised $145,000, but we've got a little ways to go. Um, and even if you don't invest or donate, then uh, it's probably interesting to see how much does a fish business like this make and, and what are the costs and all that. So yeah. So if you haven't seen it, probably worth a replay. Okay. Chat did the jump thing. Thank you, Bathyphila. Subgenus Liamos simian. Oh, so it's a subgenus. So it is still the genus Rivulus. Good to know. I knew that they like redid all that. I didn't realize that Liamos simian was a subgenus instead of a genus. Thanks for educating me on that. That's awesome. Chewy LTD, do you know at Dance Fish, some farms have got to have biosecurity like tilapia farms in aquaponics to heavily secured facilities like Asian arowana farms? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, and, and I kind of wish we had a little more biosecurity here because like if you go to a fish farm and, and I, I'm not blaming anyone here or anything, but if you see the look at some videos of some fish farms or go visit some and you'll see feral fish just swimming all around outside of their containers and ponds and things. And so of course they're being introduced into the wild from that, right? It's, it's yeah. So um, my facility is going to be biosecure to a level. There is no way the way it's currently being engineered or the or planned to be engineered that any fish could escape and live in the wild. And if they did, this is Wyoming, almost all fish would die because we basically keep tropical species. I do know that white clouds and some others might make it, but um, yeah, they won't, they won't. They'd have to go through filters. They'd have to go through an ozone blast and all that. And, and nothing's going to get through that. Or if they did get through the filtration part, survive the ozone blast before the waters return to the river. So, Yep. Michael Brandel, fish, would you consider sourcing fish for the business from hobbyists if they can supply a significant vol significant volumes? Yes, I would love to do that. In fact, um, there are a few hobbyists that I'm have asked that question and I'm like, yeah, if you can get me a lot of 100 or more of that species we were talking about, I'd be happy to buy them all and sell them. I mean, there's nothing in my experience healthier, more durable, um, or that does better in general than hobbyist bred and raised fish. And um, it'll cost more to do that, but I, I'm happy to do it to support the hobbyists and just because uh, they'll be hardier, they'll do great. So it makes business sense. And it's also just uh, a good thing to do. I mean, I would, I, would, I would love to like do that. If there's species that are, that I'm interested in selling that a hobbyist is raising. If Dean would show up on my doorstep with like a thousand of his fish, I'd, I'd buy them all. Killers Aquatics, I have 12 to 13 inch black ghost knife about four inches from the Episto Mom and Fry. She looks at him and he backs off. He was raised on nine live foods, so isn't interested in fry, I guess. Yeah, that, I mean, that little, uh, that little aggro Episto female. <laughs> he's probably seen that look and received the beating end a couple times. So he's probably like, oh, oh. Because <laughs> even though they're small, man, they can like when a rat attacks you. I've had a rat attack me before. Rat attack. Hmm. Um, 
when I worked in pet stores, there would be rats that were very bitey. Yeah, they're small. Yeah, they're not going to kill me. But when they come up and start like running at you and they're, you know, all that, I'm 500 times or whatever bigger than a, a rat, but I'll still back off. <laughs> I think she's doing that to him. And it's so nice to see that those epistles bred for you and everything's going well. I can't believe one of those turned out to be a female. That's just amazing. Tasty fish sauce. Any thought on using F-O-W-L-R light on freshwater tank? I like the 10,000 Kelvin brightness, but it just seems to be supercharging algae growth. Tasty fish sauce. Not only have I never used that light, I don't even know what it is. So I'm not the person to respond. If someone in the chat has experience with that light, um, would you chime in for tasty fish sauce? Because I don't know. Like I use LED shop lights. Like that's the, the most I've ever done for fancy lighting is like, I don't know, Zoomed plant grow lights, some in sun, what were they called? True sun or something like that lights. Um, when I had a nice planted corner 90 gallon aquarium, cause I wanted plants to thrive and the fish to look really good. Cause it was like in a common area where it needed to be a show tank, but almost always my tanks are, are made for practicality and utility as opposed to uh, show tanks. So don't know much about that, anything about that light. Chattanooga Ed, some humidifiers are made with copper, so bad for shrimp. Okay, something to keep in mind. I was not aware of that, but that is a very good thing to keep in mind. Absolutely. Let's go on over and just check in with the uh, little fundraiser we're doing here on GoFundMe. And thanks, everybody. Looks like we've got 145 have come in tonight. That's great. Thanks so much, Michael Sackett. Ed Sergka, Sirka, I'm going to say the J is silent, but I don't know for sure. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That is amazing. Just thought I would check in and see how that's going. Um, Ed, so that qualifies you and Michael for some, uh, let's see here. I want to make sure, Ed, that qualifies you for some discounted fish as well as Michael. So now I should say this, on on Dan's Fish, there's not a way to like automatically get that discount. So we'll have to kind of do it for now until that functionality is built. If you if you want to do this before that functionality is built, which hopefully it will be sometime soon, but we have more pressing issues on that site to code. Um, for now, when you're going to order, just send me an email with what you want and I'll send you an invoice with the discounted amount. That's how we're going to have to work that. I know it's not that efficient, but... That's how it is as of today. But thanks so much. I appreciate it. Really appreciate it very much. All right. Lumpy Dog, we'd like you to hit the like, please. How are we doing on that? 262 watching and 122 likes. Eh, eh. If, if you are here and you haven't yet, um, liking, subscribing, sharing, hitting notification bells is all very much appreciated. And if you like what we're doing here, and you want to invest, that's 
greatly appreciate it. If you can't invest, but know other people that might be interested, sharing this uh, opportunity with them would be greatly appreciated. Anything we can do to get that facility up and running would make my day. I've been dreaming of this for a long time, working hard to make it happen. And I'm hopeful that it can. We'll see. We'll see how we get. Um, worst case, if we can't raise the uh, $600,000 at this time, we've got the $50,000 expansion uh, pretty much closed and ready to go. And so that'll give us some time to work with that to get more data that will uh, you know, be useful later on. So it's, it's not a total loss, but man, man, I'd like to get this thing done. HC Aqua, I heard air conditioners were accidentally invented while inventing, while inventing a dehumidifier. Not sure if true. Cool. Who knowed? HC Aqua knowed. Okay, chat jumped. I'm catching up. Oh, man. Okay, cool. Here we go. Just got to Chattanooga, Ed, uh, Eric, HC, J. Adams. J. Adams, is a fish business your only job now or is it like part-time? Yeah, it's been my only job for uh, uh, about a year at this point. That's why I make the official launch date September 2018 because that's kind of when I uh, f- was more or less free of all the other obligations I had that I kind of had to close out. Uh, my professorship and producing the Wyoming Theater Festival and, and other things that I was involved with. Um, so September 2018, since then, this has been uh, my sole income. Yes. So I call it for this startup, like test phase, data collection phase, I call it ramen wages. Been on ramen wages for about a year, but I've been able to survive, make a living off it for uh, over a year now. So it's nothing to sneeze at, I don't think. Bathyphila depends on whose classification you follow. Costa 2011 raised Liamosimian to full genus. Huber 2012 made arguments that it should just be treated as a subgenus of Rivulus. That's that's typical. Well, I go with Huber over Costa anytime. No offense, Costa, but uh, I, I mean I appreciate the work Costa's put in, but I don't appreciate how like the whole ability to go collect fish in Brazil and, and have any fish named or anything has kind of been like <laughs> shut off. Ooh, I almost got political there. I'm going to stop. Not good. Not good. Vranid guy. Thank you for answering my email. That means a whole lot more than, you know, Oh, you're welcome. I think I answer every email I get one day. I might get so many that I can't, but while I can, I'm happy to do it. I also wanted to ask when acclimating freshly shipped fish, do you like plop and drop or longer acclimation? Plop and drop. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I know drip acclimation and such seem like they would be better, but the truth is long-term, I've had more problems doing that than I have plop and drop just because of ammonia release and, and all, all these other things. So going into new water hurts fish a lot less than dealing with ammonia, which is the issue with longer acclimation. That being said, there are a lot of people that drip acclimate 
or kind of partial water add acclimate over time. Um, and they seem to be successful. So I'm not saying it's the only way to do it, but it's the way that works consistently for me and, and it just seems to do better. I do want to say though, my use case might be different than a lot of people. When I get fish in, there's a lot of fish in a bag. I want to get them out right away when you're importing fish. I want them out of that ammonia. I want them out of that water as quick as possible. Whereas if a hobbyist is shipping you fish and there's one fish in a bag and the water in the bag isn't so dirty and not full of ammonia and stuff, then drip acclimating might not damage them. Um, or if you're getting your fish at the local pet store and then you travel home 15 minutes or whatever, you know, how much ammonia is really acclimated in that amount of time. So, uh, but for my use case, importing fish, plop and drop every time. I call it temp and take because I just think it's a little clearer, but plop and drop it is. Okay, Eric Fab, what time for the raffle for the Epistogramma? I'm in Canada, so what time would that be? Um, in just a couple minutes here, Eric. We're going to do it real quick here, kind of on the half hour. <laughs> Annalie, ah, bitey rat. They're all bitey. Oh, some of them are great pets, but there are some bitey ones. Small Fry Aquatics, next week's prize hashtag should be rat attack. <laughs> you say it fast, it sounds like, Sounds like a rat attack, like a, a like you're scatting in a jazz band or something. Um, Chewy LTD, are you aware of feral population genetics and how fish change coloration, such as jewels being less colorful than their African counterparts? Um, I don't know much about it. I um, I do know that feral populations of domestic fish are, are different than wild populations, but often, but I don't, I don't know a lot of details about it to LTD. I just try to avoid it, period. Lumpy dog, I'm still loving the albino plecos. They are very active and not shy. Funny thing is that they have no interest in canned green beans. Oh man. Huh. That's interesting. I wonder if they'll develop a taste for it over time. I don't, I don't feed a lot of canned green beans. Uh, I think they're a great food, but um, not something I feed very often which might be why, but they might learn to like it. I'm not sure. Karen Rob, thank you, Kaler's Aquatics, for bringing this to me. would like to see Water Sprite as a giveaway prize. Oh, okay. Maybe one time we could do that. Chattanooga Ed is the Ed that donated. Well, thank you. Thank you, Chattanooga, Chattanooga Ed. By the way, when you guys email me um, your orders um, to get your discount, you'll have to let me know, hey, I'm this person. Um, you know me as this or something, just so I can put it all together in my mind. Nocturnal, of course, congrats, man. That's awesome. and gives me hope for my aquarium business. Cool. Yeah. Um, hopefully it does well. I think there's room for, I think that people that do a good job, there's room for because the industry will gravitate towards those people. Um, the market size is edging up to about half a billion annually for just freshwater fish. It's a little under that right now, but that's, that's a lot of cheddar to go around for kind of a niche industry like this. And by doing a good job, we'll grow that. The reason the industry is only at that and not at 3 billion is because people for a long time um, have been stuck in this cycle of, of getting, you know, 
can get unhealthy fish from the supply chain. So if we can get them healthy fish and help them be successful, it's going to grow the entire pie and we'll all eat well. All right, that's it. We're at the bottom. I am going to go ahead and do this giveaway. So here we are. If you win this, I'm about to roll the dice here and select a winner for some McMaster Eye. I'm going to I'm going to get you a pair. That's the goal. If I put the net in the water, they all color down and I absolutely just can't sex them anymore because now they're drab and gone. Um, Then I'll get you a small group like four or so just so that you can end up with a pair. But my goal is going to be to send you that pair that you see in the picture at dancefish.com. If you win this, then you have a minute from the time we draw to confirm that you're here because you must be present to win. And <laughs> nocturnal quiz. I don't know. Something about fish pie sounds gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So email or notify in the chat that you're here and let's see who won. It is Peplin Creek Aquatics has won some Epistogram of McMaster. Peplin Creek, would you kindly let us know that you're here? So we know if we have to draw again or not. Hopefully we don't. It's always kind of a letdown when it's like, hey, you win. And then and then the person doesn't show up. Um, Now, if you do win, if you would email me, please. And by noon tomorrow would be great with your first and last name, your shipping address and say, hey, I'm I don't know, Peplin Creek Aquatics. Here's my real name. Here's my shipping address. And then I will send you the fish on Monday for free. Peplin Creek is here. Awesome, Peplin Creek. Thanks for being here. Hey, one and done. Not bad. Not bad at all. Well, congratulations. I think the Epistogramma <clears throat> McMaster I are pretty awesome fish. This batch has been rock solid. I don't think I've lost a single one. They're fat. They're sassy. I think you're going to really like them. All right. So, that's it. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this. If anyone has follow-up questions about my business, please email me, dan at dancefish.com, if you're interested in investing, and I will give you the information you need to make an informed decision. Um, anyone that's going to invest, I always tell people there's always a risk in any business, so please never invest something that, if you lost it, would be ruinous to you financially, right? Right. Only invest money you can afford to lose. I, I'm not going to, I don't know the future. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure you not only don't lose it, but gain a nice return on that money. And then you can use that to invest in other things you like. But I don't want anyone to um, think, hey, this is a sure thing. I'm going to invest all this money and get a return and then lose it and be in dire straits. So just that little disclaimer there. Um, All right, everybody. Thanks. We'll be back next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I'll be a little more relaxed because I won't feel the pressure of the Shark Tank presentation. Hopefully people enjoyed it, though. Hopefully, uh, even if you're not thinking of investing, you enjoy the information. And yeah, I think that's Oh, one last thing. Just Thanks again. I got to do these thank yous to my mods. They're amazing. Thanks to everyone who has invested so far. Not too shabby. Within a week, we closed $145,000. So close. We had committed $145,000. Well on our way to the $600,000. I appreciate that very, very much. Um, 
everyone that asked a question or comment, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Super chats and donations to the GoFundMe. Thank you. And all you lurkers, thank you. And those watching the replay, can't forget you. Until next time, we'll see you. Have a good one. Bye-bye.